Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You don't think that it's time that somebody cared enough to have a dream? Why are you getting so upset? This is not about you. Yes, it is. You are a human affront to all women, and I am a woman. At some point, you got to decide for yourself who you are. Can't let nobody make that decision for you. How do you go about getting an exorcism? I beg your pardon? Hi, this is Mark Kermode. Thanks for downloading this Kermode on Film podcast. Now, if you're a regular listener, you'll know how much I love the films of Mike Lee. Well, throughout October and November, the BFI South Bank in London is doing a celebration of the career of Mike Lee. There are screenings of his films and onstage Q&As. And I'm particularly pleased that this coming Monday, the MK3D live show that I do at the BFI South Bank, one of my special guests will be Mike Lee. Now, again, if you're a regular listener, you'll know that one of the things I love to do is to visit the locations, the films that mean the most to me. And it just so happens that Nuts in May, which is a Mike Lee film that I've seen over and over again, and it's gone on to inspire things like Sightseers, the Ben Wheatley film, which I also love. Well, it was shot not far from where I live. So some months ago, it was a sunny day. And my partner, Linda, the good lady professor, her indoors, and I decided to get in the car and go and visit the locations of Nuts in May. Took a tape recorder with me to record my day out paying homage to Nuts in May. And because Mike Lee is coming on the show on Monday, and because Mike Lee's career is being celebrated at the BFI South Bank, this seemed like the perfect opportunity to dust this off from the shelf and let you listen to me and Linda have a lovely day out revisiting the sights of Nuts in May. Hello, good afternoon. Okay. My name's Mr. Pratt. I phoned Mr. Beale on the 21st of March. Shall I park over there? Yes, do. Thank you. When I was a kid, I was given a portable cassette recorder. Um, little thing that ran on batteries. Batteries would always run out, but I loved it. And I had like three or four C30 or C60 cassettes. And I used to take it wherever I went. And I used to record the places that I went to. I used to record the sounds of them. So like currently I'm sitting in my garden and uh, you can hear the sound, you can hear the road, you can hear the bird song. And later on, I started, you know, visiting places that from some of my favorite movies were filmed and some of my favorite TV shows. And I would always take a tape recorder with me. When I got married on my honeymoon, we went to Georgetown, which is where The Exorcist was filmed, and I recorded myself walking around Georgetown. Um, I spent a lot of time in Cornwall, and I recorded myself going to the Straw Dogs house in Cornwall, which I could never find. Um, we did find it eventually, but it seemed to kind of move around in the mist. And I, I, I love audio recordings of the sound of places that movies are. Not least because when I was a kid, there weren't videos. If you, if you saw a film and you loved it, you couldn't just buy a video and, or a DVD and watch it again. If you were to experience the film again, you had to either read the book of the film or listen to the soundtrack album. 
And uh, sometimes I would even think about sneaking the tape recorder into the cinema so I could record the sound of the film, which would never have worked. I mean, for a start, they wouldn't let you in with it. Nowadays, you get locked up for piracy. Anyway, I've carried on doing this. It's been a kind of, it's been a, a hobby of mine to, uh, to collect memories of famous film locations, film locations that are important to me, just on audio. So I, I'm going to do one today, which is one of my favourite films, actually a TV programme from the early 1970s, which is Mike Lee's Nuts in May. Nuts in May is a story of a couple, Keith and Candice Marie, played by Alison Steadman and Roger Sloman, who decide to go on a holiday to a campsite in Dorset, which is very near to where I live. And uh, they go and visit Corfe Castle, which is somewhere that you know, I've obviously visited before. And they also visit certain key locations because Keith, who uh, works in social services, is obsessed with knowing everything about everything, particularly when it comes to uh, you know, history and rock formations and that kind of thing. Meanwhile, Candice Marie, played by Alison Steadman, works in a toy shop. And basically, their relationship is that he's the bossy teacher and she's the kind of infantilized child figure who just believes everything he says and is just kind of in awe of him and during the course of their holiday they go to this campsite up in Corfe up by Corfe Castle and we see him slowly start to disintegrate as they have to interact with other people like real people other people who are on the campsite they meet Ray who's a teacher training is doing PE and then there's this couple that come from Birmingham uh, called uh, Honky and Finger who turn up on a motorbike and make a lot of noise and he completely loses his temper with them and I love the film and one of the reasons I love it so much is this the first time I saw it was after I'd had um, major back surgery. This was in the 1990s, and I, I've had a bad back for a while. Anyway, something happened. Uh, I collapsed. I ended up in hospital in Southampton. Uh, they thought they were going to have to rod large sections of my back together, um, and there was a possibility that this wasn't something that I was going to walk away from. Then I got transferred to hospital in London. They ended up doing neurosurgery. The whole thing took, a, took quite a long time, and I was completely incapacitated all the way through it. And finally, when I got to the end of all of this, um, my partner, Linda, came to the hospital to pick me up and to take me back to what was my mother's house in uh, London, where I wasn't able to go very far. And she thought, well, he's going to need cheering up. And so what she did was she went and bought a bunch of videos. And one of the videos that she bought was a Mike Lee double bill with uh, Nuts in May and Abigail's party, because Linda absolutely loved Nuts in May. And if you've ever had back surgery, you'll know this, the two things you can't do after back surgery is sneeze or laugh because if that if you do it makes you feel like you're literally going to dislocate whatever's been moved around in your spine and I remember lying on my back in my mother's front room with a VHS of Nuts in May seeing it for the first time and laughing so hard that I was convinced it was going to put me back in hospital because I had never laughed so much in my life. I mean, it's just, the, it's beautiful and it's tragicomic and it's painful and it's all the things that we think of Mike Lee as being. Of course, it's originally a, a television production. It was done as a play for today. Mike Lee always talks about it as a film, but it's another example of one of those things that perfectly straddles the, the divide between television and film. And of course, when it first went out uh, in the early 1970s, Loads of people saw it at the same time because back then it was that was kind of event television. So Linda remembers very clearly going into school the next day and everyone going, did you see that thing on television? What were those people like? 
anyway, so today I'm going to just go and visit a couple of the locations that uh, that are such a big part of uh, Nuts in May. I'm going to begin by by setting the scene. We see we see the couple at the very beginning of the film getting off the ferry, driving their car off the ferry, which is the Studland Ferry, and then they drive up the path going up towards the campsite that they stay at, which turns out to be the uh, the Corfe Caravan and campsite, which is still there. And as the uh, as the opening credits, the big title Nuts in May comes up, we hear them singing a song. One of the things that Keith and Candice Marie do is that they sing songs, and this is the song that they sing. <laughs> I want to get away, she said, I want to get away I'll take you on a trip, he said, we'll have a holiday We'll be with Mother Nature and laugh and sing and play I want to get away, she said, I want to get away I wonder where we'll go, she said, I wonder where we'll go I'll look around the world, he said, I'll search both high and low The prettiest is Dorset, it has so many charms We'll walk across the hills and dales and look at all the farms You can't sing that, Keith. Why not? It doesn't sound right. Happy to sing. We'll walk across the hills and dales, linking each other's arms well, That doesn't scan. Okay, so we've arrived here at uh, West Lulworth. This is the first port of call um, for this journey. The first place we're going to go to is the the scene of one of my favourite exchanges in Nuts in May. One of the things about Nuts in May is that Keith spends the whole time proclaiming very loudly in a very loud bossy voice about all the stuff that he knows and Candice Marie is just incredibly impressed by him. And there's a scene when they go to Stair Hole, which is kind of very interesting... um, you know, a rock formation down by the sea with a hole in it up by a cliff. And the scene finds Keith standing on the beach and Candice Marie is up on the top of the cliff above him. And Keith is shouting up to her, shouting up these, the, all these incredible, you know, mineralogical things that she should know. And of course, she can't hear him because she's up on the top of the cliff. It's one of my favourite scenes. I've never actually been to it before. I know it's appeared in a couple of things. I think it's in the film of Five on Treasure Island. Um, I think it turns up in Far From the Madding Crowd. But I've never been to it before. But I have, I have been assured that it's over there. And so I'm going to go over there. I'm in front of a, a, a guide here which says, Stairhole is sculpted from three types of rock. The sedimentary rocks formed underwater and were later tilted as continents collided. They've since been continually worn by the sea. The Portland stone that faces the sea was breached by waves attacking a weak point or crack. Small cracks are enlarged into caves that collapse to form arches and then disintegrate to leave behind stacks. A blowhole was formed high up in the cliff to release air pressure in the cave as huge waves pound through. The softer Purbeck and Wealdon beds behind have been washed away, creating a series of small coves. Keith was absolutely delighted by this and held forth at it. Held forth on the subject at great length. I'm just going to just do a little bit here. And then I'm going to send Linda up to the top of the cliff. So this is looking down onto a stair hole, which <laughs> does indeed look exactly as it looked all those years ago in, in Nuts in May. We're really lucky. Uh, the weather is absolutely beautiful. I can see a boat. I can see a little boat, which can comes from Keith. Keith, can you, can you see the boat, Keith? They're not listening, Keith. And uh, so basically I'm up on like a promontory and as you look down, you look down to this little cove and then there are indeed, there is indeed the hole, the stair hole that he's so impressed by. 
Okay, well, I'm standing uh, in exactly the spot that Keith stands while he lectures Candice Marie about the sedimentary limestone upon which she is standing. Um, as he points out magnificently, to my right there is stair hole, and to my left uh, there is the sedimentary rock. Um, and I'm waiting for my partner in crime to uh, become visible at the top of the, uh, of, of, of the cliff that I'm looking at so that I can shout up to her the exact words as recited by Keith back uh, in the early 70s in Nuts in May. I can't hear you, Keith! Well, there we are. A little bit of proper field tripping. <laughs> Thought I wasn't going to get out of there for a while. And woo! Oh, slippy mud just when I wasn't looking. You see, ideally, I should be 20 or 30 years younger. Funnily enough, when I first saw Nuts in May, as I said before, I just had back surgery. And uh, there was a point during all that when... I wasn't entirely sure that I was going to walk away from it. And so the fact that all these years later, honestly, the night before my operation, when I had to sign a form that said, yeah, you know, I understand this might not work. If I'd been able to look 20, 30 years forward and go, oh, it's okay, you'll still be able to walk out a stair hole, I would have been very pleased. I was, however, a lot lighter back then. One of the things that the film of Nuts in May doesn't capture is the level of physical exertion involved in getting to some of the locations. Although, as Candice Marie says, she says, Keith, how far is this walk tomorrow? She says, oh, I, about five miles. She says, well, I hope it's not much more. And later on, she says, how far did we walk today, Keith? It's all about 14 miles. <laughs> I am definitely Team Canterbury. Okay, so I'm now standing up on the place that Candice Marie stands when Keith shouts up to her about the uh, sedimentary limestone. I'm looking out, I can see straight ahead of me across the sea, uh, Portland Bill, uh, which of course Keith talks about a lot, about the fact that everybody thinks you can only get Portland stone from there, but no, in fact you can find it here. And then Chesil Beach, as in on Chesil Beach, both novel and film. Uh, and then Weymouth, and between us and Weymouth in the sea, I can see one, two, three, four, five, six... It looks like seven cruise ships, which I imagine are there because, because of everything that's going on at the moment. They're not, out, not able to be out and working. And, uh, and also, here's the other thing. Looking down from this, there's two things that you notice. The first is that I am up against a fence that is clearly not where the fence was before. If you've seen um, Nuts in May, there's no fence where Candice Marie stands. And uh, Keith says, don't stand too near the edge, you know, step away from the edge. Well, there was a fence here before that's clearly fallen away as the coast itself has come back. And there's now a second fence behind it, which means that in order to be able to see where Keith was standing, you'd actually have to go over the fence um, because it's all kind of... So it is changing. The landscape is definitely changing. 
but it is absolutely stunning and then to round to the other to other way if I turn it around this way you can you hear the cove you can see Lulworth Cove which is just beautiful and glowing and the weather at the moment are we having salad for lunch that's right what's the treat yes raw mushrooms that's right mm, my favorite and onion and nut roast for supper boiled jacket potatoes vitamin C in their skins. skins yogurt to follow with cocoa at bedtime I'm very happy, Keith. Yeah, so am I. Good night. Good night. Just prudence. Good night. Okay, so uh, having now conquered uh, Stairhole, we're now heading off to to Corf, to, to Corf Castle. Also, because there's there's a lot of locations in Corf that are used in the film. The, the pub in Corf, the Greyhound, is where uh, Ray and Finger and Honky go for a drink. And that's right next to Corf Castle, apparently. So we're going to go up to Corf. I mean, it's not very far from here. But we're going to go up to Corf, and then I'm going to see. I'm going to see if we can find the pub, which I'm pretty certain I know where that is. And then uh, I'm going to go and uh, stand by Corf Castle. I think you can't get into Corf Castle at the moment. I have been in it before, but we're going to go and stand by it because Corf Castle is where a very, very significant part of uh, Nuts in May plays out again near the beginning when Keith won't let Candice Marie hold the guidebook because he's in charge and they've got an itinerary and only he's allowed to have it. So um, back now in very, very quiet West Lulworth where um, everything is closed and it's very picturesque and very quiet. Interestingly, when I was down on the beach, other than, than the woman who showed me where the path was so that I could get back up and who feared for my life because I was carrying too much stuff, there were two guys there who were filming the sea in slow motion for something they were doing. Some, I don't know, they looked like they were making some kind of film. And I said to them, oh, you, you know, do you, do you know Nuts in May? I said, no. I said, oh, well, Nuts in May, you know, famous Mike Lee thing was shot here. Really? Never heard of it. I said, okay. Did you see sightseers? No. Okay, well, um, nice here, isn't it? So, just uh, leaving Lulworth, East Lulworth, I think, rather than West Lulworth, and I've just pulled up outside the, um, the military base. This is the, this is the MOD base that they drive past. And uh, as they drive past, Candice Marie points out that it's ridiculous that, you know, we have to spend all this money to have an army because everybody else has got an army. And if we were just maybe to set an example and not have an army, then maybe we could lead the way for other people to not have an army. To which Keith says, yes, before pointing out that there are a lot of unscrupulous people in this world, Candice Marie, a lot of them. Practice their maneuvers down the heat. There's a dangerous bend, but look at that. Keith, there if we, we didn't have an army, just think about it. Yes. The only reason we've all got armies is because yes. other countries have them. Oh, yes. And if we said, right, we'll be the first country to say yes. we're scrapping the army completely, yes. then everyone else might gradually follow suit. Yes. And then we'd have no wars at all and no trouble. Yes. And no there killing. There are some maybe. very unscrupulous people about, you know. I mean, we have to defend ourselves against the people who are less responsible than ourselves, especially those in civilian terms who take the law into their own hands. So we're driving past the uh, Lulworth Camp MOD base. We're on the B3070. Luckily for us, uh, we've seen a sign which says the 
B3070 is open. Uh, so unlike uh, Candice Marie and Keith uh, in Nuts in May when they find that it's closed because they are doing military manoeuvres and therefore they have to go round I mean they could actually go somewhere else on that day but they have a schedule and there's no point in having a schedule if you don't keep to the schedule so uh, we've managed to keep to our schedule perfectly on time because the road for us was closed all military vehicles fork right that's fine I'm not a military vehicle East Lulworth please drive carefully Lulworth Castle I'm going to go that way so we're now heading off the B3070. We're heading towards Tynham. There is a warning which says uh, there may be sudden gunfire. Okay, well, <laughs> let's hope there's no sudden gunfire. Now actually, one of the weird things is, okay, so we're just going past the entrance to Tynham village. Um, there is a huge number still of uh, very big tank-like looking things in that MOD base so it's still very very active and all the way around it there are signs which say no stopping unless in case of emergency and luckily we're not driving in a in a Morris Minor coupe although that's one of the weird things about nuts in May is that they're a very kind of you know ordinary couple in one way he worked for the social services and and they drive everywhere in this absolutely fantastic Morris Minor coupe that nowadays would be worth a fortune, but back then was considered to be a a small, uh, you know, respectably small vehicle. Right, so we're just at the entrance to the to Corfe Castle now, and there is a sort of year, well, kind of period by period. Um, explanation of all the stuff that happened here. In 978, it is thought that in this year, King Edward the Martyr was murdered by his very wicked stepmother, Elfrida, at the site of the old hall where we just came from. She offered him some wine and then had him stabbed in the back. Even back then, alcohol was bad for you. Badum, tish, here all week. Tip your waitress. And so now the castle itself is obviously closed at the moment, but you can get as far as the, the bridge across which we see them walking up to the entrance 1982 after three and a half centuries of ownership by the banks family the castle was given to the national trust this incredibly generous gift included countryside coastline farms nature reserves and the mansion at kingston lacey what will you leave to future generations other than the litter that keith and candace marie are so incensed by so I've been to Corfe Castle loads of times, but actually <laughs> coming here just specifically because it's part of Nuts in May is, uh, I mean, it's a remarkable thing because it's up on a sort of, on a little mound and it's kind of, you know, it's largely ruined now, entire walls falling away, but it is, it is spectacular. It is the kind of thing that you would show to people who wanted to see ancient history. I mean, it's very impressive even though it's in bits even though it's ruins it is very impressive we've come here many times with the kids and they just run around and they love it i think it's really funny that as keith and candace marie are walking up towards this candace marie keeps saying keith where are the dungeons keith keith where are the dungeons and he says, why are you so interested in the dungeons why do you want to see the dungeons well the reason is because she's a kid I mean, if you ever came here with kids the first thing they want to see is where are the dungeons look at that Corf castle The castle was besieged by Cromwell and his treacherous forces. Where's the dungeons, Keith? What? Where are the dungeons? Well, why do you keep on about the dungeons? Because I want to know where they are. You seem to have a morbid interest in where the dungeons are. Don't, jeez. I want to know where they are, that's all. 
Come along. You should stop washing, Keith. Look at that view. Look at that. That's wonderful. So we're looking down now into the moat. Is it a moat, Lind? Yeah, the moat. Which is which is actually fairly. I mean, there's some there's some bits of litter that Keith and Candice Marie would have picked up, but it's generally pretty clean and pretty clear. They would approve. It's a wonderful vantage point actually, because you can see you can see all the the landscape around you. As you can hear from this, it's the wind has really died down. I'm just going to go up to the gate and look through. Okay, so we've walked across the bridge. We're up at the gate now. You can see it's a you know it's a black. It's a black uh, pointy bar gate, whatever you call them. And straight ahead of us is this kind of fantastically impressive wreckage of the central castle, which usually you'd be able to walk around. Keith walks around it saying, oh, here's number four, here's number seven. Candice Marie's very bothered by the fact that she, she's not holding the guidebook. Again, it's one of these things about, you know, he's the parent, he's behaving like a parent and she's behaving like a child and she wants to hold the guidebook and he's, beha- he's being completely unreasonable. And then the, the most wonderful moment is when Candice Marie goes up onto one of the promontories of the, of the wreck bit and she says... Keith, Keith, who's looking at his numbers book, she says, Keith, isn't it lovely? Can you imagine what it must have been like hundreds of years ago? All the sort of kings and queens walking about in all their finery and eating great bowls of fruit and luscious grapes and drinking wine out of golden goblets. Must have been lovely. (laughs) And here's the sad thing. I've said that speech here more than once. They're not listening, Keith. Yes. Isn't it lovely? Can you imagine what it must have been like hundreds of years ago? Yes. All the sort of uh, kings and queens walking about in all their fineries. Yes. And eating uh, great bowls of fruit and luscious grapes. And drinking wine out of golden goblets. Must have been lovely. Look at this view. So I'm standing in the middle of... Um of Corfe, just across the road from the Greyhound, the most photographed pub in the world, or the most photographed pub in Britain, and with the castle behind me, I just did something that uh, Keith would never allow Candice to do, is I went into the sweet shop and I got um, I got a really nice tub of uh, salted caramel ice cream, which had proper chunks of caramel in it. Anyway, so I'm standing outside the the window, a window display of a shop, which is of the townhouse, which is right in the middle of the town. And there is like a map of the town that looks like something from the 19, you know, 30s or 40s. It's like a drawn design of the of the town, which is tiny, but it is like a little microcosm of the whole world. So you can see hills beyond you. You've got St. Edward's Church in the middle. You've got the ice cream shop, the gift shop, the square, the village bakery, the Greyhound Inn. And then slightly further out, you've got the village hall, the library, Corfe Common, surgery, sport field. National Trust tea rooms. It's just like it's like a little bit of little England. It's a really beautiful square. I mean, it's easy to be sort of sniffy about it, but it's really, really beautiful. And we're very lucky that the sun is shining fantastically at the moment. So over to the right of me is the Banks Arms. As I said, straight across the road is the Greyhound. Then there's the Sweet Shop and the National Trust shop, and then the castle itself. We're going to walk back to the car now. But this is the Greyhound where they go in and where uh, Ray and Finger and Honk have a drink and a game of darts. The Greyhound Inn, one of England's oldest coaching inns. 
Early parts of the property were built prior to 1580. The Greyhound took its name from the King's messengers who rode between Corfe Castle and four other royal castles of England. And then in big letters, the most photographed pub in England. And then there's a sign advertising the beer garden with spectacular views of Corfe Castle and steam train. I wish it was open actually, because I could really do with going in there for a pint. And there are these big sort of um, old columns. I'm standing under a kind of, uh, like a, you know, a little entrance uh, bit. And these really big old concrete columns, well not concrete, stone columns. Very beautiful. Very beautiful. Right, we're going to go and have, we're going to go and try and find the campsite, the site of Keith's meltdown, where everything goes horribly wrong. Get away from me! I'll knock your head off. Get back! I'm warning you. You took your head, head off. I'll knock your head off. You come, come on, man! If you want to fight, come on, man! If you want to fight, come on, come on, come on! Let's fight. Come on, I'll knock your head off! Don't touch me, mate! Oh, Finger, just off. slip! Oh, put it down! Come on, then! Come on! Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. We're back on the bridge. It is true that there is one bit of one bit of the wall that looks like it's fallen over more than the last time we were here. I mean, I don't know whether it actually has, but it is really impressively fally downy. I mean, it's kind of like an angle of like a. Sh- it, it's like the prow of a ship, the way that the wall has fallen away. So it's almost like a prow of a ship, and it's leaning at almost like forty-five degree angle. And it looks. God, I sound like Candice Marie saying this. It looks like it's like it looks like like the grass is a wave. And the castle is a boat rising up above the wave. Keith, can you imagine, Keith, that that would be a boat rising up above the wave, Keith? Yes. Okay, so so far we've done stair hole. Um, Candice Marie, you are standing on sedimentary limestone. And uh, we've seen the Greyhound, which is beautiful from outside. And we've seen Corfe Castle. It's now time to make the ultimate pilgrimage, which is to the campsite where... Keith and Candice Marie originally pitch their tent and then proceed to fall out with everybody else on the campsite, initially with Ray, who's really nice. He just wants to get away. He's a, you know, he's a PE teacher. He just wants to have a little time on his own. And uh, Finger and Hong, who are far too loud for Keith and Candice Marie. And that, of course, is the place where Keith completely loses his call. Cool. 
and we finally see that behind this kind of apparently civilized veneer of this person who's very you know eco-conscious and very worried about the environment and very worried about litter and all the rest of it is actually broiling with rage which is barely repressed so we're going to go it, it's actually literally i think like quarter of a mile from where we are you can walk it obviously um so we're going to go to uh the Corf caravan campsite and uh and take a look at at the scene of the crime okay so this is the this is the final stop on the tour this is the Corf castle campsite caravan and campsite which is absolutely beautiful you can hear the birds singing in the trees it's just gorgeous so this is where keith and candace marie come to get away from everything and of course the whole point about it is that they're meant to be you know living in harmony with nature and keith has this whole thing about chewing all his food 72 times and eating nuts at this time and yogurt at another time and yet as soon as they come across other people their whole sense of the the fabulous harmony of everything falls apart so ray who's a teacher turns up and he puts his tent near to theirs they can hear his radio so he's rude Keith is rude to Ray although Candice Marie clearly wants to be friends with Ray so they move their tent somewhere else and then uh, Finger and Honk turn up on a motorbike and immediately uh, this puts their backs up and it ends up with uh, Keith basically getting into a stick fight uh, with Finger but this is I mean this is absolutely beautiful I just spoke to the people who own the campsite. I just said, is it okay if I just record a little bit of audio here? And they said, yeah, it's fine. Just don't touch anything. Um, and I said, do you get a lot of people come here to see, uh, do you get a lot of people come here because of Nuts in May? They said, well, we used to get more. We used to get more came by here because of Nuts in May. But she said, um, of course, when, I, when we first got here, I watched it and I didn't see any of the humour in it because all I was doing was looking at what state everything was in to see that everything was fine. It was just like looking at it for a prospectus. But it is, I mean, it's beautiful. It is absolutely beautiful. You can imagine having a completely idyllic camping experience here. I mean, this is why Keith and Candice Marie came here. I mean, listen to this, listen to this, listen to this sound. I mean, I think one of the things I love about the film is that they go to this beautiful idyllic place, but Keith is basically on the brink of a nervous breakdown the whole time. And one of the things that Nuts in May does is it's a brilliant portrait of somebody who can only cope with the world if they can control everything about it. So he's got to have the guidebook. He's got to have the itinerary. He's got to have everything packed into the back of the car. Candice Marie is basically a child and she does whatever he tells her to do. And as soon as she starts to show any form of independence, he gets furious. So when she goes over to Ray to go, Ray, can I show you the stones that I collected on the beach today? And he's immediately furious that she's somehow made a friend other than him. And then when Finger and Honk turn up, he's immediately furious because they haven't got the rule card telling them the rules about not forming a bonfire. And you can see that direct path between Knots in May and Sightseers. Sightseers is basically what would happen if Keith had an axe. It's also funny because I remember years and years ago when Sightseers first came out, I did a, an interview with Ben uh, Wheatley and uh, I interviewed him, you know, in a kind of near a campsite, my old caravan for the culture show. And uh, the whole joke was that Ben Wheatley was meant to be kind of annoyed by the fact that everyone was referring to Sightseers as Nuts in May. And Ben Wheatley said, of course, the thing is, I hadn't seen Nuts in May when I made Sightseers years later. 
I spoke to Alice Lowe and I said, is that true? And she went, of course it's not true. Of course he'd seen, of course he'd seen Nuts in May. Everyone had seen Nuts in May. And I know for a fact that he'd seen Nuts in May because we talked about it. Anyway, so the conceit of the piece that we did for this, uh, for the culture show was that, that I interviewed Ben Wheatley and he got annoyed about me saying, well, it's basically Nuts in May with axes. And then at the end of the interview, he kills me with an ax. And it ended up with me lying face down in a puddle in a caravan park. But frankly, if we'd actually been here in this beautiful campsite by Corf Castle, I wouldn't have minded lying down the puddle. It would have been perfectly fine. It's just gorgeous. I mean, you know, at the risk of sounding like Keith, just listen to that bird song. So there we are, the campsite, Corf Castle, Corf itself, the MOD base, and Stairhole. I, I mean, it, is, it, it, it doesn't matter what anybody says about um, you know going to movie locations. There is something really profoundly uncanny about it because they kind of look like the thing that, you, that you're used to, that you're familiar with, and they kind of don't look like it at the same time. But weirdly enough, a lot of this does look exactly like it looks in the film even though things have changed around it it does look exactly like it looks in Nazi May and just walking around here I do I do remember lying on the floor of my mum's house watching the video of Nazi May after having spent three four weeks whatever it was in hospital lying on the floor laughing so much that I thought I was going to put myself back in hospital <laughs> Keith Mm? No, no, you always tell me to do everything 72 times. Mm? Well, I don't think that can be right, because, um, for instance, you're chewing nuts now, and they have to be chewed 72 times because they're very hard. But earlier on, I was eating mushroom, and I only got as far as 31, and it slipped down my throat quite naturally. So it doesn't always have to be 72 times, does it? The important thing is to uh, use your discretion. Well, that's the end of our... Um our nuts in May sightseeing tour. Uh, what a treat it's been. I mean, as I said, this is really not far from where I live at all, which is particularly lovely. I just don't happen to have done this particular pilgrimage before, but it's been great visiting all the individual locations. Um, I watched the movie again last night, the television, uh, the play for today. It's a play, it's a TV show, it's a film. It's all of those things at the same time. And it, right now it's a radio play. And it was lovely watching it again and then standing on those locations and realising, you know, OK, yes, stuff has changed, but not much has changed. It is impossible to walk around that area without feeling the ghosts of Keith and Candice Marie walking around you. But in fact, one of my favourite bits in the, in the film is when, when, she's in the, uh, when she's in the castle and she says the thing about, you know, oh, can you imagine, you know, the, 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 the kings and queens with their fine goblets? And, and then she says, you know, look at all this rubbish, Keith. What, what, what do you think it would be like if those, if those people from, from ancient times had come back and they saw all this and we could see all these crisp bags and sweet papers? They'd be horrified, wouldn't they? And Keith said, well, they'd find it very difficult to comprehend all the changes that have taken place in the modern world. And Candice Marie says, do you think they come back, Keith? And Keith says, what? And she says, they're ghosts. Do you think they come back? And Keith says, no. <laughs> all this rubbish, Keith. What? It's awful. Look at those tin cans. Mm. 
just imagine, Keith, if all the people who lived here could come back, see all these crisp bags and sweet papers. Mm. They'd be horrified, wouldn't they? find it difficult to comprehend all the changes that have taken place in the world. I think they do come back, Keith. What? They're ghosts. No. Well, there we are. That was me and Linda, the good lady professor, her indoors, revisiting the sights of Knots in May, one of my favourite Mike Lee films. Mike Lee will be a guest on MK3D at the BFI South Bank next week. If you want tickets, check out the BFI website. They do tend to sell out, but there's always some returns. If you've enjoyed the podcast, remember to tell your friends, subscribe, check out our Patreon page, stay safe, keep watching the skies. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.